With the call of today's game on CBS Sports, Beth Moen's joining us now, and I believe, Beth, is the first time we've had you on a Jaguars game. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, the, I, uh, when I was prepping for Monday Night Football several years ago, we actually had a Jags pregame uh, that we broadcast to no one but ourselves, a preseason game. So, <laughs> Wow. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm anxious to actually uh, be heard and, and have one in the regular season. <laughs> you are the first woman to call a Jaguars game. I know that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you consider yourself a pioneer of sorts, or is that too, too heavy of a burden? You know, I, I, I know that it means a lot um, to other people and, and hopefully is inspiring uh, to young boys and girls that, that want to get into this business. And, and, and I do realize um, the, the significance of it, and, and I'm proud of that. Um, but from my perspective, it, it's always been my day-to-day. It's always been my dream job and, and something that I've pursued uh, with a lot of vigor ever since I was young. So... Uh, as you know, while you're in it and, and you're focused on the task at hand, that does make it a little easier sometimes to, to block out a lot of the noise and then uh, perhaps, JP, go back afterwards and sort of embrace those moments and, and sort of relish in the, the history of it a little bit. When did you first realize that you wanted to do play-by-play? And how, I mean, it's obviously difficult for anybody to move up the ladder, but what was the greatest challenge you faced when you first got in the business? Well, I always uh, like sports and I like talking. So there was a, a perfect blend. Um, lucky enough that I, I grew up as a, a coach's kid and I had three brothers and a, a neighborhood full of little kids that loved kickball and wiffle ball and football and basketball. So there was an always, always a game going on and um, I was always yakking away. I, I wasn't a trash talker. I preferred to uh, be much more descriptive in my verbiage. And so I, I knew from a young age. And then uh, mid-70s, the old NFL Today show with Phyllis George, that was the first time, you know, you, the, the old adage, if you see it, then you can believe it and, and figure out a way to make it happen. And watching Phyllis uh, was the first indicator for me that it was something that I could do. And then it's just a matter of, um, you know, plowing forward with everything you've got. The, the other lucky break, for better or worse, um, I, I never had anything else I wanted to do, JB. So if there was a, a roadblock thrown in my way, it was just a matter of figuring out how to get under it, around it, through it, or over it, and, and continue on my way. Um, I, I, was, I was blessed to have a lot of great role models, most of them men, uh, when I was first coming up that uh, took a shine to me and, and wanted to share a lot of knowledge and information with me that, that was greatly beneficial. Beth Mullins with us, CBS Sports. What is your balance of duties now? Are you still doing ESPN stuff as well? And, and you're jumping on CBS this week. How often are you on uh, the Columbia broadcast system now? This, uh, this is always the, the crazy time of year. There, there was a, a while where I was doing um, volleyball championships, soccer championships, college football, NFL, men's basketball, women's basketball. I, I've been able to pare that down and narrow it down a little bit. So um, have had uh, some basketball games on the schedule and have been uh, uh, doing college football with ESPN. I get an opportunity uh, to enjoy uh, some friends with the NFL on CBS this week and and possibly again at the end of the, the regular season. So uh, been, been fortunate to, to have my hand in a lot of different things and 
I understand they, they replayed my Price is Right episode from last week, so I'll, I'll be expecting that royalties check uh, anytime, <laughs> anytime now. I love it. <laughs> Beth Moe is with us as the play-by-play of the game on CBS today. All right, let's get to the game now, Beth. I mean, the Jaguars have started some significant change. They fired the GM after last week's game. Dave Caldwell is out. That search will begin, or if it hasn't begun already, it will officially begin after the season is over. Doug Marone trying to keep this team fighting. He's safe through the 2020 season. After that, who knows? It's a great challenge for Doug because they're out of the race. It's a young, beat-up football team, really both sides of the ball. They're on their third quarterback. And, you know, they're 1-10. in I get it. But they're fighting in some of these games, Beth. And, and I think Doug is a big reason why this group has stayed as close as they have this part of the season. Yeah. You know, you look at the schedule, it's three of the last four games that are within four points. Um, and, you, you know, you hate to, to talk about moral victories. Uh, those, those don't necessarily count in the NFL. But that does, I think, show that the guys are still fighting. You know, the shelf life in the NFL is so short that, you know, even if you've got to turn to your backups or bring guys off the practice squad, there is such a hunger and uh, such a desire to prove that you belong that I, I think Doug and the coaching staff have been able to get the most out of those guys. Um, and, you know, tip of the cap to some of these veterans that are, are making the most of an opportunity and certainly uh, to these young rookies that are coming in and having an impact. I mean, you know, James Robinson is one of the feel-good stories of, of the season. Uh, we're certainly going to make a big deal on, on the broadcast today about uh, Robinson and Justin Jefferson uh, trying to wrestle that rookie of the year honor away from another quarterback as, as good as Justin Herbert's been with the Chargers. But I think there are some positives to take. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that it, what, what other option do you have? You, you, it's not in anybody's DNA, I don't think, to – to uh, call it quits before the season comes to its conclusion. You mentioned James Robinson and his running style is just fantastic to watch. He's hard to hit. He hits the hole. Uh, he's decisive. And in fact, he only has 11 negative runs this entire Ooh. season. I'm going to write that one down. You might want to take a note on that one. It's a, <laughs> it's an impressive stat. I mean, because the guy's always falling forward. And if they didn't have James Robinson, I don't know what they would be on offense, Beth. Yeah, and it's one of those stories. It's just amazing how everybody kept missing how good this kid was coming out of high school and coming out of college and, and a, you know, credit to the Jags for finding this guy. Um, he, he's so uh, compact and so powerful. And you just see him able to run around guys and run past guys, but also when necessary, you know, run right through people. And it's been a real pleasure to watch him on tape and, and some of the games that I've been looking at for the Jags. And, and hopefully he can keep it up. It's, uh, you know, something that he, he's chasing that scrimmage rookie record. And, and hopefully he can continue to flirt with that and, and make that a big story moving forward. Beth Mullins with us from CBS has the play-by-play -play of the Jaguars-Vikings game today at 1 o'clock. On the other side, it's a Jaguars defense that is just beat up all over the field. Mm -hmm. uh, the linebackers are about the only guys who've been out there most of the year, Miles Jack and Joe Schobert. But you look in the secondary, there's a lot of young guys, guys getting an opportunity because other players are injured, and 
this is not the week for that with Jefferson and Thielen and those guys and Kirk Cousins slinging it around pretty well lately. It's a Minnesota offense. You mentioned Jefferson, but they've got guys outside that can match up uh, very well, it feels like, against this Jaguars secondary, unfortunately, for the Jaguars this week. Yeah, it's a, I think, a tough time to come up against the likes of, of uh, Thielen and Jefferson. And Cousins, you could make the case he's been the best quarterback in the league since their bye, uh, you know, over the last five weeks or so. So it, it's definitely going to be a big challenge. Uh, you, it's a really a, a calling card for Schobert and, and Miles Jack to just have monster afternoons and hope that those guys in, in the back can rise up. Tough matchup for the Jags on the defensive side today. Uh, it's a Vikings team that needs it, obviously. They're, they're in the wild card race, but they won't be for long if they lose games uh, like this. So, you know, they're going to be up for this game. There's no letdown game, but certainly at this point of the year, if you're in the race in the NFL in December, there's no such thing as a letdown game, or there shouldn't be. No, and, and I think probably they were, uh, you know, hit pretty hard in the face with that one and five start. And so this is. Uh, some magic coming out of that bye week. And, and according to our research, a win for the Vikings and a loss for the Cardinals moves Minnesota into that seven spot. Next week, they face uh, Tampa Bay. So an opportunity to pass Tampa Bay with the head-to-head if they get a win next week. And Detroit and Chicago, which you would think would be winnable. And then depending on New Orleans and what's going on, wh- whether they've clinched or not, or whether Drew Brees is back, uh, an opportunity for them to do some damage down the stretch. So I, I would imagine uh, they would be fired up and ready to roll. Beth, great stuff. Uh, I truly appreciate the visit and uh, have a great call today of the Jags Thanks and the Vikings. Appreciate it.